0: Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To all my bed crimers, I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are in the world. To anyone new here, thank you for coming to the channel and checking it out. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching the video, if you find you enjoyed it or learned something, please do me a favor and smash that like button. We learned this week that suspect Brian Koberger was let go from his teaching assistant position at Wash WSU on December 19th of 2022 due to behavioral problems. This bad news arrived just 10 days before a SWAT team showed up at Koberger's parents' house in Pennsylvania to arrest him for the crime in Moscow, Idaho, where Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, Kaylee Gonsalves, and Zana Kornodal lost their lives. It's fascinating to note that Koberger had been in hot water at WSU within one month of starting his first semester in August of 2022 as a student in criminology, seeking a Ph.D. and also starting this teaching assistant gig. According to NewsNation, by September, Koberger was already put under investigation at the school due to behavioral problems and for having what was described as sexist attitude toward women. Koberger was reportedly given several warnings about his troublesome behavior and was even brought into a meeting with a group of professors to discuss it. The professors told Koberger he was rude to women and graded them differently than his male students. News Nation did not say in what way specifically female students were graded differently than their male counterparts, but I suspect the females were getting less favorable marks. It's also been reported that Koberger had multiple altercations with Professor John Snyder. Professor Snyder is an adjunct professor in the Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology. He's also a criminal defense lawyer and has defended nearly every type of criminal case, from possession of illegal substances to first-degree blank. Professor Snyder teaches criminal law, criminal courts in America, criminal procedure, and evidence at WSU. One of Koberger's run-ins with Professor Snyder occurred on September 23 of 2022, Ten days later, Snyder called Brian into a meeting to discuss his professional behavior, or lack thereof. Per News Nation, after the meeting, Koberger allegedly became even more feisty and belligerent and had arguments with other professors as well. A few weeks later, Snyder sent Koberger an email in which he said the doctoral student had failed to meet expectations. And on November 2nd, just 11 days prior to the crime in Moscow, Idaho, Koberger met with Professor Snyder to discuss an improvement plan. It's stunning to learn that a first-semester graduate student who'd been accepted into WSU's criminology program and had also been graced with a teaching position would have been behaving like this right out of the gate. You'd think he would have been walking on eggshells and trying to make a stellar impression on his professors. They didn't know him yet, and every grad student usually wants to excel. After all, his professors were basically his bosses, and they would later have the power to recommend him for teaching positions. More than a month later, after the crime in Moscow, Koberger met again with several professors, including Snyder. Professor Snyder told Koberger that he'd made no progress on becoming more professional. And on December 19th, as I already mentioned, Koberger was let go from his teaching duties. How did a guy who thinks it's okay to disrespect his professors, his female classmates, and his female students with grading that did not align with what their male counterparts were getting, get this position in the first place. He must have been able to schmooze the professors in his interview before being accepted into the criminology program. He had to have shown bright to land the teaching assistant gig. Those positions are usually coveted. One of Koberger's female professors at DeSales University 33-year-old professor Michelle Bolger told the Daily Mail that she found Koberger to be a great writer and a brilliant student. Bolger stated about Koberger, and I quote, In my 10 years of teaching, I've only recommended two students to a Ph.D. program, and he was one of them. He was one of my best students ever. Everyone is in shock over this, end quote. Bolger also said that Koberger was always perfectly professional with her. Bolger expressed that she was stunned that her former student had been charged in the shocking crime. So what went wrong from his years as a graduate student at DeSales University, where Professor Bolger obviously found him exceptional, to how he was behaving within the first month of his doctorate program at WSU. I'm also wondering if, as Koberger drove to Washington to start on his new Ph.D., was he thinking about his exciting new life there as a student and as a teacher? Was he looking forward to meeting new friends in the criminology department, maybe a pretty male classmate? Did he anticipate being accepted socially by his peers? Did he maybe think that he'd have more social success with females now that he was working on his PhD and also working as a teaching assistant. Did he take a dark spiral after quickly finding himself once again on the outside of the social cliques? We heard from a fellow WSU student that Koberger made rude comments early on that turned off his fellow grad students and as a result, he wasn't getting invitations to the after-hours social gatherings. Did this rejection trigger the old bad feelings from his middle school and high school days? Had he been full of hope, only to find himself once again on the outskirts of social life? I think this may have played a part in setting off this explosive rage that he allegedly displayed, On November 13th. Did Koberger also maybe find the stress of working on his PhD along with having to teach too much? When I worked on my master's degree, I was a teaching assistant, and the first few months were horrendous. I was so stressed out. I had to write lesson plans to teach my own two classes, and then I had to study and write papers for my master's classes. It took me about six months to figure it all out and to start to feel a little less anxious. Is it possible Brian didn't realize how much work all of this was going to be and his way of freaking out was to become rude and argumentative and to try and sabotage his female students?" It seems like it didn't take long for Coburger to implode after arriving in Washington. I have to believe he went there with a serious goal of getting his PhD. I can't fathom that he would move clear across the country simply with the goal of setting his evil plan for harming females into motion. It feels like this plan began being hatched Washington and that the planning began pretty much right within the first month or so. We know from the probable cause affidavit for Koberger's arrest that he was spotted in Moscow, Idaho as early as August 21st. That's when he was detained as part of a traffic stop. It was during that stop that the Moscow police recorded Koberger's cell phone number ending in 8458. I believe this stop is connected to the crime, as in Koberger was in Moscow that day, either trawling for victims for his planned crime, or he had already settled on the targets, and he was there to watch them. The descriptions of Koberger's behavior toward his department's professors tell me that his narcissism and antisocial personality were out of control at that point, According to an article I read entitled, Shady Strategic Behavior, Recognizing Strategies of the Dark Triad Followers, if someone becomes aggressive after negative feedback, it's a red flag that person is a narcissist. The same article said that questioning authority figures, rules, and the status quo is a red flag signaling psychopathy. And the misogynistic ways in which Koberger was treating his female students and classmates screams of him being an incel. Misogynistic, in case you don't know, according to Merriam Webster, means feeling, showing, or characterized by hatred of or prejudice toward women. Many criminal profilers believed before anyone was arrested in this case that it might be the work of an incel or involuntary celibate, meaning someone who can't find a partner who's willing to be intimate with them. And we know that incels hate women. The Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger took the lives of six people and injured 14 others on May 23rd of 2014 in Isla Vista, California. Roger said this in his manifesto: "The day of Retribution is mainly my war against women for rejecting me and depriving me of sex and love. My hatred of the female gender could not grow stronger end quote." A white paper on the Science Direct website entitled Unwanted Celibacy is Associated with Misogynistic Attitudes Even After Controlling for Personality, said this, and I quote, We suggest that unwanted celibacy is linked to sexism and misogyny in some men because frustration and unhappiness due to unwanted celibacy may produce antipathy toward those they desire— but who are perceived to be rejecting them women end quote. Antipathy means a strong feeling of dislike. The same white paper said that prior research indicated that men who are rejected by women often react with anger and aggression and sometimes with homicidal violence. It said and I quote, to the extent that unwanted celibacy. Involves experiences of romantic rejection, unwanted celibacy may lead to anger, aggression, and misogyny toward women in general. Making Koberger a teaching assistant, giving him the power to grade the work of females, was a huge mistake. Of course, the professors at WSU could not have known ahead of time. What Brian Koberger was really like. His recommendation from Professor Bolger of DeSales University, of course, led the professors at WSU to believe that Koberger was a stable human being who treated everyone, including females, with respect. But individuals with psychopathy can trick people. According to experts, people with psychopathy tend to display a combination of shallow emotions, absence of regret or remorse, impulsivity, criminology, and charm. Bingo. Sounds like someone we know. I suspect Koberger is a psychopath, and that he is able to display charm when he needs to. I also suspect that he used charm to trick the Department of Criminology at WSU and also Professor Bolger into viewing him as a stable young man with great potential and a wonderful future ahead of him. We've heard that when he attended a routine medical appointment a few days after the crime, the female office staff found him a very charming, polite young man. Clearly, Koberger was able to dig deep and bring out that charm when he needed it, and if you didn't look too deeply into his eyes and didn't interact with him for any length of time, you might not pick up on the simmering rage inside and his odd, strange, scary vibe. When Koberger began arguing with his professors, when he was going out of his way to grade his female students with a harsher scale— And when he was subjecting his female colleagues to his misogynistic behaviors, did he not realize that his days at WSU would be numbered? Or did he realize but just not care? Was he disappearing into his dark fantasies, so much so that he could no longer see straight? Were his parents so far away that they could not sense that something was very wrong. And when Koberger arrived back home in Pennsylvania for the holidays, and when he received the news that he was fired from his teaching assistant position, did he tell his parents, or did he keep it on the down-low? Also, was he even planning to return to WSU at that point? I mean, his white Elantra was always going to be a problem in Pullman and Moscow. Until someone was arrested for the crime, that Hyundai Elantra was always going to be like a huge white target. It's hard for me to believe that Koberger intended to drive that back to Pullman after the holidays. So many questions. I'm sorry that I don't have all the answers. I suspect only Brian Koberger knows the truth about what he was planning to do once his Christmas vacation was over. And it was time to head back to WSU. What I think we can all answer now, though, is why he harmed three of the students in Moscow. This guy stinks of being an incel of the Eliot Roger ilk, and I stand by my belief that Papa Roger was Coburger, and he chose that name as an homage to the supreme gentleman. By the way, Lataw prosecuting attorney Bill Thompson filed new documents today in the Lataw County Magistrate Court. Those documents included a new affidavit and a court memo. Of course, no one but the investigators knows what's in those documents yet, as they've not been made public, unless some unnamed source close to the investigation who has a relationship with News Nation decides to spill the beans. Stay tuned until the next time on Bedcrime Stories. Did you enjoy your time with me today? If so, smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, consider a membership, and I'll see you next time.